0: Hello, everybody! Welcome to the Wolverine Twenty Four Seven Podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. We are starting our position preview episodes. These were these were very popular last year. Got a lot, not just in uh, listenership, but also in, in the feedback we get from you guys. They're they're shorter, fifteen maybe maybe twenty minute episodes. Uh, really condensed though on a certain position group. So we'll have what 10 of these quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, defensive line, edge position, linebacker, cornerback safety, special teams. Wow. That's 11. Uh, It might, it might be 10. I don't know if any of those position groups can be combined, but, but 10 or 11 and and they'll all be relatively short. We're looking at three main things, biggest strengths, biggest question marks and a prediction from each of us for what we think is going to happen. With this room, naturally, as we do with all of our position by position preview stories, we start with the quarterback room. If you want to dig in more on quarterback, by the way, I I do these twenty five hundred word stories, really digging into not just those three things, but also the position battles that come ahead, the the stat to watch, the whether the stock is up or down in the position room, and really get to. I really enjoy them. It helps me kind of reset my mind into a a preseason mode instead of an off season mode but be sure to check those out along with all of our other stories over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. So Steve quarterback room, not a ton to talk about in the terms of depth chart, lots to talk about in position battle, but you know some some of that we almost need more evidence to bring something new to the table, but there's Cade McNamara, Jim Harbaugh said the competition will be open, later clarified that Cade will be the starter. Uh, when fall camp starts, but he he was specific that, you know, JJ McCarthy is also going to be tough to beat out. They both are going to have to beat each other out if they want to be the starter. Um, you know, Davis Warren, Alan Bowman, that's a little position battle brewing maybe as the number three quarterback. I don't think it's a, uh, you know, particularly high temperature position battle, but it's something to keep an eye on because number three quarterbacks are an injury away from being number two quarterbacks. So it's, um, That'll be interesting. But, but Steve, your thoughts, well, actually biggest strength of this quarterback room. I think the big one for me, I think this is a group that has two legitimate leaders on the team. I think, I think the, um, the coaches trust both of them. I think the players respect both of them. And I think both of them have something that Jim Harbaugh has been looking for for a few years in his quarterback recruiting. He, he wants someone that's that really genuinely cares about winning more than anything else, more than stats, more than looking good for scouts, more than, uh, sometimes their own safety, even, I mean, he wants guys that are going to dive head first for the, for the third down carry or, you know, do the check down. If that's the better move or take a, not, not just take the risk, but also avoid the risk, avoid the sack, avoid the interception. Um, and then in terms of the intangibles, you guys who, who are confident uh but but not polarized guys who want want to bring the team with him i think the the comparison i always do is is you know some people golf in the offseason kate mcnamara brought his teammates with him who'd never golfed before taught them to golf you know jj mccarthy you know some guys don't like how much playing time they get you know especially if they're highly rated but after road games he was someone who was bringing guys out you know on the on the practice field at 3 a.m after road games and getting them extra routes getting them extra reps leading these practices you know and Cade Cade McNamara also leads by example multiple players I think four or five players have mentioned at this point that he he watches more film than anyone else on the team he stays he spends more time in Beckler Hall than any individual player so I think these are guys that both have the respect of the locker room and that that's where I don't feel you know we just did our five pressing questions as fall camp begins. I don't actually think it's a hugely pressing question. Who's the starter? Because I think that they genuinely have two guys who are winning quarterbacks and have the respect of the locker room. I think they have two legitimate leaders. So to me, that's the biggest strength, Steve. I don't know if you have a, a different one. It's, it's fine. If, if you're, if you have a, a similar one to mine, but your biggest strength for this quarterback room heading into fall camp.
1: I'm going to top out and say depth. Biggest reason why, I had this question that's been going through my head. I kind of wonder what you thought. What would Michigan's record be at the end of their non-conference slate if Davis Warren started all four games for them?
0: At the non-conference
1: slate? They'd still win all four games, I think.
0: Yeah, I assume you're lumping in Maryland to that, to that start of the oh, season. Oh, whatever. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Was only 3 nine, for or fourth. I don't know. Either way. The only three non-conference games, but Maryland is also at home also in September. Are they
1: undefeated going into Iowa City? I think so. Right? That's – I don't know. When's the last time Michigan could have said that uh, with a third-string quarterback? I mean, granted, this is the easiest non-conference slate Michigan's had or easiest four-game start that they've had in years. But, uh, you know, they love Davis Warren too. And, again, he's not going to factor – and, uh, barring injury,
0: but. Might as well throw Alan Bowman in that depth discussion. He's their fourth string guy. He has over 5,000 passing yards in his career. Correct. At a power five school. So, you know, I just think having
1: that, like it, it, yeah. You know, there's going to be so much hand wringing about who Harbaugh goes with, who he ends up choosing, uh, I think if you're a Michigan fan, I think with what everything else they have returning offensively, I think if anything, you should like relax because whoever is chosen, like Michigan should succeed at a high level offensively, regardless of who wins that job. You could argue about floor versus ceiling, you know, whatever there is, is stuff to talk about, about it. I get it. But at this, at the end of the day, it would be very very surprising if Michigan was not putting up major points this year regardless of who wins that job you know and so that's the type of situation you want to be in coming off of a big 10 championship winning season that you have two quarterbacks who probably can get you back there not a guarantee but can not will so one's already done it One is a guy that we've all been saying for a couple of years now we think can do it. And it showed lots of flashes last year of somebody who, who could. So again, you can't really measure uh, the value of having it's again, it's a great decision or a problem for Harbaugh to have is which of these guys do I, do I choose? And, And I think the other thing too, you talk about guys who want to win more than anything you want to choose a guy and, and, and yes, whoever gets chosen, I think maybe one of the important parts of it is whoever you do choose. The beginning of that schedule is pretty easy. So unless the winner of that battle coming out of fall camp really falters early on, they'll probably put a stranglehold on that job after the first three or four games. I assume whoever starts game one will be the same quarterback who leads them in game five against Iowa, you know, their first real stiff test of the season. But it also feels like these are guys that will keep pushing each other regardless of who comes out on top right away. I, I, maybe you disagree. Maybe, maybe whoever loses that. No, I think you're right. Door, I, right. I mean, I, I just, I don't yeah. get that sense in this situation. I could be wrong. We know how the portal works, how easy it is to get in and out now, whatever. But you know, this is going to be an, a thing that it's going to be a good, a good issue for Michigan to have uh, throughout the season. So
0: yeah, I think this is, I, I like the depth because you're right. The third and fourth string. I don't think it's, I don't think you're sounding the panic alarm. You I know, mean, even Alex, Or. I wouldn't trust Alex Orgy to pass on a, on a, you know, every snap basis, but he, he can be effective too. I would expect him to play a little bit this season. Um, so I think that there's. I think the room just has a really good culture to it uh, in in addition to the talent depth. I just, I don't, I'm with you. I don't think it'll be toxic. I don't think, I don't think there'll be a a temper tantrum. If if someone, I I think having spoken a little bit more extensively with Kate at big 10 media days, I don't think either one has any interest in, in not starting, but I I do think both of them will get over it. Cause I think both of them want to win football games. And I think both of them know you stick it out and you win games for Jim Harbaugh. There's going to be NFL teams interested in you, uh, regardless of what your what your 40 time is or what your you know what your arm grade comes out to be. So yeah, I think there's a lot to feel good about. I do think there is something to be said for like you know I, I'm almost just ready to just see them both play. This is where I wish Michigan had open practices. I'd love to be able to to actually see how the two stack up after. You know, J.J. McCarthy had, had the, the injury uh, that he was rehabbing most of this offseason. Cade McNamara, kind of like Jamon Green that we mentioned last episode. I don't think he's hit his ceiling. I don't think it's fair to say he's hit his ceiling. I still think there's more he can grow to his game. He mentioned um, his footwork and his accuracy were, two that he focused a lot on this offseason. All right, biggest question mark for this team. Steve, I went first with the strength one. What is what is your biggest question mark with this quarterback room heading into fall camp or heading into the season?
1: I'm kind of interested, I guess I want to see how much and where Cade McNamara shows some improvement. You know, all the talk is about McCarthy, the high ceiling, the arm, we know I mean and again I agree with all that. Uh, but I don't think that I think you talk about guys not being maxed out, being at their ceiling. You know, there's a realistic, very realistic possibility that Cade McNamara gets better this year. I mean, he was a, basically a first-year starter last year, kind of dismissed the COVID stuff. I do mean, know how many games even end up starting, one or two. Didn't he get hurt, right? Uh, either way, and, and wins a big Ten title, you know, I don't think we've seen – McNamara at his best necessarily right we obviously haven't seen McCarthy at his best he was a first year guy last year second string showed some real flashes but either way you know so I think a lot of the talk is going to be how many how much of a stride has McCarthy made I'm more interested in a way to see what kind of strides McNamara makes uh just because it it, it's it would have been weird or, or really almost like just kind of frivolous for Harbaugh to not say that McNamara would be the number one guy heading in. I mean, McCarthy's just getting back to being hundred percent too.
0: Yeah. It was also about, at the event. So it was right? kind of a rough, well, that too, but
1: either way, <laughs> I mean, you know, they didn't really, you know, McCarthy's just getting back to hundred percent, getting back healthy right now. Uh, McNamara should be number one going into fall camp. Doesn't mean he should be number one coming out, but going in, I mean, I think it'd be kind of, you know, facetious to not, have him as the number one guy. So I'm interested to see if if, there, if we get any reports or get any wind of, of him looking a little bit better in certain areas. You know, get, he, he did. He was a Big Ten championship winning quarterback, but there were definitely some issues. Uh, you know, I think his ability to move the ball downfield is still lacking in certain instances. You know, that's a problem Michigan's had for I don't know how long. It's been a while since they've had a quarterback who really was like through an elite deep ball. And uh, again, with everything else they have, they should be ample opportunity to throw the ball down the field this year. So, um, yeah, interested to see where McNamara improves uh, is really kind of my thought.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good one. The one I've got, uh, technically in my story I wrote, um, will Michigan lean on quarterback play? But that's, eh, I don't know if I have much else to add to that. But the one I'm curious about is, is how does Michigan leverage the deep ball passing? You just mentioned it feels like it's been a very long time since Michigan had an effective deep ball passer. But the numbers say they had it last season with both guys of 91 power five quarterbacks um who attempted 10 such 20 yard or more passes air yards not yards after the catch kind of passes. Um Cade McNamara ranked 5th out of 91 in passer rating on those deep passes. But
1: doesn't it so, okay, but doesn't it kind of feel like like
0: no? Nope, I agree with way, you. Way way
1: better, right? Like, isn't that yes. weird? Don't you read, seat here fifth and think, wow, like that's crazy? Because like he, yep. th- not as bad as Patterson. I mean, we know that was definitely Patterson's weakness. I mean, it cost him the bowl game against Alabama, but it just felt like there was still a lot of missed field shots. Absolutely
0: right? agree. So, and and what, what happened was, I think sometimes Michigan stopped calling some of those deep plays or some of those deep routes because they're like, you're just wasting your energy. Cause that throw is not going to be made. So he was fifth in passer rating. McCarthy was actually first out of those 91 in yards per attempt on such throws. So I think that there's, if, if there's one area that Michigan could unlock this season at quarterback, I think that there are deep ball connections. I think there's more to be made. There's more to be had. I think there's still more to, to create, to generate. But I do think that there's enough proof there, even if it wasn't every play, because McNamara, he completed less than half of his passes 20 or more yards downfield. And I think McCarthy was six out of 10. So I, I, yeah, I can't sit here and say that they were constantly doing this at a, at a high level. But I think with the receivers, with the offensive line, uh, presumably pretty good again this season, I think that there's an opportunity here. And I think without... Hassan Haskins you might be in more long yardage situations there might be more they might be more pressed to air it out uh I I still think I mean you know I think to to me I always thought Cade McNamara's biggest weakness was probably his his intermediate throws it almost seemed like he had the yips for a for a couple games last season but I do think that there's some untapped potential from both quarterbacks in the deep ball passing so if I'm If I'm thinking, what's my biggest question? You know, I think there's a broad answer of like, does Michigan finally really lean on the quarterback for its yardage, for its high leverage, you know, third down type plays. But I think if I'm getting a little bit more specific, I think there's some untapped potential in the deep ball passing. I think there's, there's good evidence to suggest that they can be really good at that. They still have to do it. And they still have to get better at this stuff because you're right. I don't think Cade has that reputation and he doesn't have that reputation because it didn't happen all the time, but it did happen a decent amount. I mean, you know, it's, it's something that was really effective. I mean, even for quarterbacks who aren't Peyton Manning or giant, you know, big arm first round prospect kind of guys, like think about Stetson Bennett. How many times did Georgia seem to, to put a defense on its heels and then just break them? With the uh, what what they call them the mailman's you know deliverance so it's 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 uh I think it's something that could really be I think there's more to come I think you, I think they can get more out of their deep ball passing because I think the the opportunity or the the efficiency has been there and so does Michigan really try to try to tap that well knowing that they have Cornelius Johnson knowing that they have Andrew Anthony Roman Wilson um, you know even guy like AJ Henning with his top speed. And, and, and even the tight ends quicker than your typical tight ends. So it's that that block as well as they do. So I think there, there's an opportunity there, Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum. I think they could really, I think they could break some defense's backs with their deep ball. I just don't know. That's why it's a question. I just don't know how much it'll be used and how effective it'll be uh, heading into this season. All right. Final thing. Steve, I'll let you go first uh, prediction for the room, whether it's a statistical prediction, a so, something that you could write down and feel pretty good about it, about it happening this season for the quarterback room.
1: Ooh, not going to, uh, not going to necessarily say, I feel really good about it. I just, I still have a hunch. I think they go McCarthy. Uh this is before they've taken any snaps, really, obviously. But I just think they make – I think they make the ceiling play. Uh,
0: can make more plays on his feet. Has Especially with score. four games. Do you think that – would you feel that way if they that, were playing? That, yeah, like if they open Iowa, against Notre Dame or something,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree, actually. I think Michigan's schedule this season really opens up a lot I think I actually think the way the schedule is laid out kind of raises the ceiling for the team and not, not even because it's easier from top to bottom than it has been in years past, but just their first challenge, you could argue is probably not till game five. And again, like we said, can't remember the last time it was that deep into the season where Michigan was challenged really for the first time, no disrespect to Maryland. I mean, I'd still think Michigan would win that game. Right. But um I just think they take, make the ceiling play. I think it's a situation where you see where they got last year, you know, do they need more, do they need more explosive explosion at the quarterback position to maybe possibly take that next step? Again, we're not picking Michigan win the national title this year, uh, but they believe they can win the national title in the locker room, you know? So what do you do? You know, do you get, do you kind of, you know what I mean? It's a, it, it's fascinating. I compared this to Georgia with, with, with uh, Jake Fromm and Justin Fields to an extent, you know, uh, as far as like what direction you go, Georgia went with Fromm. I don't know if it, I don't know if if they would have won a title earlier than last year. If, if he had, if Kirby had chosen Fields, let's say, you, you know, those are questions we can't answer, but We do know that Georgia was never really able to get over the hump with a ton of talent on their roster with, with a good, but not great quarterback in Jake Fromm. And uh, I kind of wonder if Harbaugh will go the opposite direction and go with the, the, maybe go with that higher upside, have a little bit of faith and having a great offensive line and a ton of, ton of really talented skill players to give McCarthy, not just time, but more opportunity to shine. Uh, on, a, on, a, on a bigger stage
0: yeah I, I can get behind that prediction I think I'm currently predicting Cade McNamara um, to start game one but I, I I'm not attached to it and in fact I'm so unattached to it this is my prediction I think both quarterbacks exceed or one or 1000 yards passing this season I think I go back to after the Orange Bowl um, when J.J. McCarthy played more than Cade McNamara you know, they were kind of, he was asked, I think it was a fairly worded question, but, but essentially, you know, what, what does that mean for the future of the quarterback position? And, and, you know, Harbaugh said, we know we have two great quarterbacks. We make no apologies for that. And I think that is something that Michigan has pitched to both of them in order for this to not be divisive or polarizing or something where someone is thinking about transferring. I think he's, I think he thinks that there's room for two quarterbacks this season. Um, there, there almost was last season. I mean, J.J. M- J. J. McCarthy played a a pretty heavy backup quarterback role, and I think it'll be even more split this season. You mentioned the ease of the of the first month of the schedule. They could – they could you mentioned Davis Warren. They're probably still 4-0 if Davis Warren is quarterback. Because of that, I, I think that they'll end up letting both quarterbacks show what they can do because it's not just about figuring out who your starter is. It's also about – um, being ready in case, I mean, think about JJ McCarthy and how he plays. He's when he sees a hole to run, he's going to run. He's not, he's not much of a slider. I think he will slide if he's the starting quarterback, but you know, he's, he's going to take those hits because he wants to take those hits. And and Cade McNamara, I think is, it's, he's not as fast. He's not going to be used as much in the run game, but I think he's in a similar boat. So I think no matter who the starter is, I think that there's going to be a lot of, lot of incentive for Michigan to to play both particularly when they feel like they have the game in control you I think about like the Maryland game why would both of them not get three or four series to play and to to air the ball out because you're prepping for the whole season very it's not always common for a quarterback to a starting quarterback to not ever come out for a meaningful series and I think the fact that Michigan likes both the team likes both the coaches like both. I think that's going to set up a situation where they both end up throwing for 1000 passing yards, which isn't actually that much. It's less than hundred per game over the course of 13 games. So I, I, I don't think that they're going to waffle. I don't think it's going to be a Brady Henson situation where um, it takes almost the entire season for them to figure out that Brady's the starter but I do think, I don't think that the backup quarterback isn't going to have a role this season, and I don't think they're not going to be given an opportunity to to show what they can do, because whether it's Cade starting, and they're trying to, to show J.J. what the future will be, or if it's J.J. starting, and Cade putting stuff on tape for scouts, putting stuff on tape, um, and being able to, as a senior, you know, not be like punished for for being beat out for its starting job after winning a big 10 title so i think i think in both directions uh there's there's not just optical incentives but legitimate real incentives for both of them to play so i think they both throw for a thousand yards this season all right with that that's going to do it for this quarterback episode stay tuned Next time, we'll have the Running Backs episode. Be sure to read all of our stories over at MichiganInsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time.
1: Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.